I'm here. Uh, yeah, I got Mr. Kevin. He's hanging out. He's being very, very nice. We love him very much. Yeah. He's so nice. Look Fischl's at him. just Fischl's been so much better. Look at him. He's so, wow. he's so nice. He's so nice. I feel like oh Fischl's become actually a better cat since we got the puppy. Uh, he's my house is turning into a zoo for for those who don't know, and Fischl's just become a more like paternal figure in the house. It's really I, sweet to see. I, I sincerely doubt that. I feel like that dog is jumping around all over the place. Dude, yeah, I got some uh, LED grow lights to uh, keep keep my plants acting right. <laughs> you know, uh, they they got some new lights a as a treat. Yeah. In your, in your breakup, did you guys split the plants with you and, you and Amber? Yes. Yeah, but she only took one. I took I kept the rest. So it, oh, it was okay. an uneven oh, trade. Nice, nice dude. Dudes rock. Yeah. 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 Plants are. I got the green thumb. Plants are a racket. <laughs> yeah, dude. Plants are a racket. Like you can. It, it's my fun. My friend. My best. My best friend Carrie. She'll like call me every once in a while, and she was just like, "I went to IKEA, and all of the fiddly figs were half off." And I was like, "Oh, cool. How much did it cost?" And she's like, thirty dollars." It's like these were sixty dollars beforehand. Like this is. Jesus Christ. I love I love that line that you plants are a racket. I think that's awesome. Yeah, plants man. Plants are a racket. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like just out like decontextualized from like IKEA or spending. I just like the idea of just you just like you're like walking around a national park and you're like, man, these plants are a fucking racket, man. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh well, hey, I, I work for the uh new the the big plant lobby. You know? That yeah, guy. Dude. Where's big plant lobby? Yeah, it's just a, it's the jolly green giant that that's who's big plant and he's wearing like a suit, you know, but it seems really um, it feels wrong. Like when Beast from X-Men wears a suit where you're just sort of like, come on, man, I know you don't want to be wearing a shirt like yeah, but wear that jolly green giant vest that you're so accustomed to. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Smokey the Bear in a, in a suit? I, I, wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like that at all. I he wears know. pants. He wears pants. He's like a reverse Pooh Bear. He wears no shirt, but he wears pants. He is a reverse Pooh Bear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn, like, I'm like fucking high from that statement. That's he's it, yeah okay. Well, he is. yeah, and he and you know he's trying to be official because not only does he wear pants, but he also wears a hat, but <laughs> but no shirt. So he's like, I need this. I need this hat to show people who's the boss around here. But I, I want, it's, yeah. too, it's too hot to wear a shirt. <laughs> I wonder if the other animals like respect him or if they think he's kind of like a capo for like uh, the, the government. You know, like he's like, like, why are you trying to be the man? You know, why are you why mm -hmm. are you trying to be the authority figure over the rest of us? We're just animals out here not wearing clothes. Uh huh. He's I mean, he's not like a capo. If he were a capo, then like if that would be like if you were like collaborating with the Trump administration to like destroy to like with destroy like yeah with zinky right the old uh, trump's yeah. old uh head of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah if, if he's showing up and he's like look we've got to open up uh we got to look guys um i know you squirrels <laughs> and marmots and beavers are really enjoying your habitat over here but um we've got some oil pipelines under here we've really got to build yeah 
We just discovered some lithium in Yosemite. <laughs> and Elon Musk uh, is trying to actually buy Wyoming now, I think, uh, is, the, is the latest. Wyoming, Wyoming is very, oh my God, Wyoming is so savage. Wyoming is so savage. I'm Elon Musk now. This uh, is the yeah. <laughs> uh, this okay. is the gritty remake I want to see of uh, of like a Smokey the Bear cartoon. It's- I've actually <laughs> never heard Elon Musk talk before. Really? Uh, you could say he, you could say he talks like anyone. I have no idea. No, Elon idea. Elon Musk. He has sort of like a kind of gross. He honestly he he talks like his name sounds. He kind of has like his 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 voice is like a snail trail, just like I just, I just couldn't believe that blah 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 blah. Like he's because he has a residual South African accent that right. doesn't it doesn't completely. It's like twenty five percent there now, you know, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of Englishy sounding too. And yeah, he looks he sounds like his face, which is kind of gross, you know. Grimes, yeah. you could say grimy, grimy. Perhaps. He's quite he's quite well. No, grimy is giving it too much too much credit because grime grime is like cool but he's just gross Mm -hmm. it's just gross um and do you feel a duty to pay them and make sure they're okay despite the fact that you don't agree with how they feel about covid versus how you feel about just move on just move on that's what you want to do cara i do not want to get into a debate about covid situation Okay. All right. Okay. I want to finish up talking about. You want to end the podcast now? We can do it. Okay. What do you say? No, we don't. I don't want to end it. I just want to understand where you've got. But I do. I feel like I understand where you are. Oh man! Insert well, clip to... of him. <laughs> insert, insert clip of Elon Musk talking. Just, well, I'm gonna listen to oh, yeah. it. I'm gonna listen to it eventually. I'll just skip over this part of the episode so I can live purely. Uh, oh no, he he's he's disgusting. He uh, uh and, and also he has no inflection to his voice. So when he's like. I'm so I'm so excited to share the new Tesla with you. It's it's going to be oh, oh my gosh. It's so cool. It's 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 <laughs> <laughs> His Twitter like the way that he talks on the way that he tweets it seems like he should be set he he's like uh we're going to coo whoever we want. Like I, <laughs> that's what I like when I look at his face and when I look at his Twitter like with the his Twitter inflections I I feel like it's it's just much like crasser and American, you know, and little and, and fratty, you know, but I, I guess, uh, okay. No. All right. Well, welcome to the everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's just not that. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. It's not, but it, 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 I'm sorry, David. It's not. Um, okay. Well, well, welcome to Ponzi Scream. Uh, I'm David Bradley Eisenberg. Uh, with me as always. Uh, What's up, is... everybody? It's Gabe Pacheco. Yep, and I am I am Elon Musk, and for <laughs> Halloween, I've decided to dress up like Smokey the Bear. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so cool. <laughs> so today we're talking about some cool things. Uh, first, I think that we should... First on the list is um, Robert Kraft. Monsieur Robert Kraft, the former owner of the or is he still the owner he's still the owner of the new england patriots uh, yeah he just kind of he just sort of slid by that and still owns the patriots you know still owns the patriots still owns them yeah so they were uh i don't know if we remember this but this happened a few years ago but he was uh arrested for soliciting prostitution in jupiter florida orchards of asia day spa 
All right, that's buddy. Right, that's right. That's All right. right. All that's right. Some, that's some classic Florida shit right there. And what do you mean, do we remember this, David? That's like, that. that is like one of the forever stains on, it's not a stain in the fact that he went to a, a sex worker. It's just uh, a, a, a line item that I don't think he'll ever be able to scrub out with a magic eraser, you know? he That's always there for Mr. Robert Kraft. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't really have that much of a beef with like high profile people visiting prostitutes or cheating. That sort of stuff doesn't really, that's just kind of not really my business. And if as long as it's consensual, but this one sounds like it was um, a brothel that was dealing with human trafficking. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, for me uh, as a male feminist, I say no to slavery. (laughs) Uh, but thank, that's just thank that, that's, you, David. Thank that's you. just me. I don't know. I don't know how Gabe feels about it. You know, I love uh, there are two words I love traffic and human. And so when <laughs> yeah. you put those two things together, I'm all into it. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The band traffic or both the movie yeah. traffic. I love the, the movie, movie traffic. traffic. Uh, yeah. The band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the the, uh, the song Crosstown Traffic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah. By who did who did that? Elon, um, Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. It was Elon. Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. I thought <laughs> yeah. you were about to say Elon Omar. Elon Omar did Crosstown mm-hmm. Traffic. That sounds mm-hmm. like a Billy Joel song if I ever heard one. Well, uh, it was definitely Jimi Hendrix. What but, I uh, so so we can all agree here at Ponzi Scream. This is a sex positive podcast. At least uh, mm-hmm. it's it's one third sex positive. Uh, on my end. Uh-huh. 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 So, Gabe, how's the dating life going? <laughs> oh. no, 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 no. This is it. This is no, this is a sex negative podcast from this corner. This corner of the podcast. All right. This isn't to say that anybody shouldn't be allowed to consensually engage. I uh, just were no sex. Sex is bad. <laughs> it's bad and it's wrong. Uh, so we have we have we have Gabe on one end of the corner and then me on the other end and and David just sandwiched is, in the middle. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, da- David's, David's in the monogamy corner. You know, just just yeah. one just one guy. What, uh, me, the, me, me and one other guy that I've yeah. sex with all the time. David's yeah. a third way third way boy. Uh, yeah. we got we got dry boys, wet boys, and third way uh, fun uh-huh. happening here on this podcast. Yeah. And so, and we have Robert Kraft who law who got his charges dropped against him. All right. So how did he do that? How did he do that? How did he do that? Was the headline uh, pay pig uh, skates by free? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Little piggy loves his sex. Doesn't go to jail. Uh, Florida masseuse ordered to pay thirty one thousand five hundred and seventy three dollars after, quote, soliciting Robert Kraft to, quote, commit prostitution. Oh, my God. This is in Reason magazine. So um, no, no. I saw this. I saw this in in Reason, and the head like it just says charges against Kraft were parentheses rightly dismissed. The women he patronized now have criminal records. Um, <laughs> so so they still get scarlet letters, right? Like you know yeah. that that's the problem here, huh? Because we're mm-hmm. pro sex work as well mm-hmm. on this on Ponzi scream. Yes, and mm-hmm. what we're seeing here is that the oligarch gets by with no problem, 
but the oh, yeah. but the employees, the the people who are working for them, are the ones that are going to get a criminal record. Yeah, and they may as well they like may be uh, you know victims of human trafficking, and now they have to pay thirty one thousand dollars in fines for daring to uh, agree to uh, an offer by Robert Kraft to engage in sex. I guess like he solicit he went to their spa. What did he expect? I, I'm. It's. Uh, oh, I, I, don't, I I I don't know. I kind of think. Uh. Uh. Robert Kraft is a billionaire, right? He's he's very he's very wealthy, right? I don't know what I don't know what what level he's at, but he's I mean, got, the boy's got some money. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I mean, like obviously he's in the wrong here. It's obvious to anybody looking at this that uh he you know was was that oh my god he has 6.6 billion (laughs) he's not even yeah he has a lot of billions uh um uh yeah but uh my thing is is he he's just at that level of wealth where he very uh he probably just went into this place um with an i and then they were like hey do you want us to do this too and he was just sort of like yeah i'm a billionaire who cares i can't be hurt (laughs) and then he just did that you know right right so uh, on November 30th, uh, the masseuse, uh, her, uh, we can leave their, their name out. They don't, need the, they don't need the attention. Pled no, guilty no, to no, one no. count of soliciting uh, another to commit prostitution. And authorities finally agreed to return her passport and phone and unfreeze her bank accounts. Uh, this person was sentenced to one year on probation, which includes 100 hours of community service. Uh, and submitting to the state results of HIV and STD test. No. Oh, now let me guess. Uh, Robert Kraft doesn't have to uh, submit <laughs> his health report. I'm pretty sure that he got he walked away completely. Yeah, scot free on this one. Yeah, there is there is just uh, no one should have faced. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I feel like there was sort of a a weird rehabilitation of Robert Kraft after this happened because he he got caught soliciting a sex worker. And then, like over the patent, the following two years, people were just sort of like, "Yeah, he did this," but also he's he's like not that bad of a guy, considering he's a billionaire. Also, I'm looking at I I googled Robert Kraft's net worth, and now I'm just like on football team owners, and they all have more money than him. Jerry Jones has four eight point four billion dollars. The guy who owns the Panthers has thirteen billion dollars. They're so fucking rich. It's kind of one of those things that you do when you have an insane amount of money is buy a football team because it's such good money and you it's one of those things where it's like all boys who want to make a lot of money love sports and love football especially. And so it's just kind of like it's such a fun thing to say that you own being like, "Oh yeah, I own the I own the Houston, you know, uh that that team, the Houston team, and uh, you know so you <laughs> the Texans, the Tex, the Texans, the Texans. David, come it's, on, come yes. on. So you can just say that. I don't know. So I mean, it, it makes sense that a lot of them are billionaires because it's it's not that like the the position requires being a billionaire or rakes in a billion dollars. It's that billionaires want that asset. Uh, so, anyways, Robert Kraft, uh, he uh, the, apparently soliciting another. To commit prostitution is just a misdemeanor in uh, in Palm Beach, uh, in Palm Beach County, Florida. 
And so no one was ever charged with human trafficking in it. I don't know, man. This is just some exciting stuff. I mean, is this even a white collar crime? Uh, you know, um, I, I, mm, it could, it, it's, 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 it, this is like a, this is a gray collar crime because yeah. he's a white collar person right. sort of dip, dipping his toe into sort of a like, you know, blue collar, you know, area. Yeah. He's like in a Robin eggs blue sort of situation now, you know, he's, well, he's mixing, he's mixing for sure. Well, it's uh, weird that, yeah. I just the the imbalance in what I see is just how inequitable the way that the law is um, prosecuted is. That's what this is about, you know, where he is a billionaire who goes to a massage parlor and solicit and uh, pays for sex. And then he walks away scot free. But these, um, you know, poor, possibly trafficked immigrants and small business owners are fined. Um, outrageous amounts of money. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's where it's not necessarily a white collar crime, but it is a it shows you that how lenient we are towards white collar people. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it, it should go without saying that, like, obviously these women were screwed over, you know, by the by the system, and the only thing you can do at this point, um, because that system is so crooked, it just make fun of uh. Robert Kraft as much as humanly possible and all NFL team franchise owners, including Virginia McCaskey, who owns the Chicago Bears and is 97 years old. My God, she is so old. And she also has $1.5 billion. What if as a condition of getting released, uh, Robert Kraft had to sell Tom Brady to Jacksonville? <laughs> oh, that, that's how oh my god! Up, that's how he ended up in Jacksonville. Oh my god! I love that theory. That's such a good. Theory. Oh wait, wait is he in, is he in Tampa Bay or is he in Jacksonville? He's in one of the Florida teams now, isn't he? He's part of. The, he's in the Buccaneers. He's not a Jag. He's in the. He's a. He's in the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. My my yeah, point yeah. stands, man. My point <laughs> stands. That's a Florida team. This is this is his. Uh, he just lost Tom Brady, and he lost uh, Gronk Gronkowski, the scariest man on earth, the Frankenstein himself. <laughs> that's uh, right so who's who's apparently really into weed uh uh gronkowski cool. yeah he's cool. he, he like he likes to puff big clouds yeah i think i think that you know gabe i kind of push back on that a little bit you know i mean it's like uh think about the equivalent crime you know the equivalent problems i mean this guy robert Kraft. he um he engaged in prostitution and he lost football players uh, that have no pecuniary impact on his life, whereas these women could spend the rest of their life in debtors, you know, in debt and go to jail and maybe uh, have their lives completely ruined. I mean, it, to me, it seems equitable. I don't really see what you're talking about here. <laughs> Honestly, this is what we get. We get uh, we get petty criminal uh, activity uh, fined, uh, you know, because we're trying to defund the police. And... Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to defund the police, how are they gonna make money unless they go after and fine these, you know, massage parlor workers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is weird to me that soliciting is a misdemeanor. That seems like that's not really helping anything. Like, if you really want to crack down on prostitution and make it an illegal act, then crack down on the people who actually have the agency 
which is the Johns. Like, if yeah. you don't, you know, like this is the, that's the behavior. If you see it as like a illicit behavior, the guys that are doing it are engaging in the illicit behavior. Like the prostitutes are just seeing the demand and meeting it basically and using it as a way to survive. But that's not really, I don't, what they're doing by offering themselves up, I don't really think is like the, the, the actual, I don't know. If, this, if you this, see it as a, if you see it as a nasty thing, which like is stupid and like pure, yeah. you know, but I don't know. It's just it, it, like, it should piss us off. And like, I don't know. I feel like this, this thing kind of got like, it was a big like whoopsies and a big like embarrassing situation for this billionaire to have to deal with this. But meanwhile, like the, the women's lives were like, are probably ruined as a result of this. You know, there are these human trafficking victims now like, owe extra money and have to like submit, you know, sex tests to the state. Just crazy, yeah. like, like, what does what does the evidence of HIV prove or disprove anything in their criminality of any kind? It's just a stigma. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Moving on here. Okay, so the the crazy story that we want to talk about today is what's going on in Venezuela. Ah, beautiful Venezuela. Venezuela. I don't yeah, do, yeah. do 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 any of you guys know what like a Venezuelan Spanish accent is? I know that. You know, like mm. in in Argentina, they say Argentina, and they say like me llamo, me llamo David, because like there's different ways of doing it. Did any, did any of you guys take any know Spanish, Gabe? Do you know Spanish, Danny? You know Spanish? No. Um, I don't know officially for Venezuela, but if I were to hazard a guess, I would say it would probably be a fairly orthodox version of Spanish. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because of its uh its proximity to Ecuador, which isn't super far away because Ecuador, Ecuadorian Spanish is like the Spanish they teach American people in like yeah. American high schools. Cause it's yeah. like super, it's like super by the book, very straightforward. You know, there's no like flourishes or anything like that. Meat and potatoes, every vowel and consonant pronounced phonetically. Yeah. Doing, yeah, the, yeah. doing the thing. And I remember Colombian Spanish being very formal. Like they use, I think they uh, use like vosotros and stuff like that there. In addition to just outside, or that, maybe they no. I don't know. There's no, no, no. Col Colombian Colombian Spanish is flowery. It's sort of like it has like a lilt, a lilt to it a little bit. Apparently, mm. uh, my okay. um. So who knows exactly? Uh, I I'm, I imagine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll have to look. We'll have to look into this. Yes, but yeah, yeah. Venezuela. Us Ponzi scream in Venezuelan Spanish are just two ships passing in the night. Folks, turns out Venezuelan Spanish, way more like a Caribbean style Spanish that you would encounter in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Uh, so it's a little faster. Uh, yeah, it's on the coast. It's in the, it's, it is, it's a land based Caribbean Spanish speaking country. Yeah. All right. We're just <laughs> never going to understand each other. Uh, so anyways, but really what, what it, it, what's going on uh, is a really strange situation. Basically, uh, it all goes down to the ownership of its oil. Okay, so let's start with, uh, in the Venezuelan constitution, uh, the oil firm, it's called PDVSA. I keep wanting to say PVDSA, 
Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not a D it's not related to the Democratic Socialists of America. Uh, but PDVSA, they are owned by the Venezuelan government. Now, that may come as a surprise to a lot of people because in the United States, we don't really have nationalized industries. But in the Venezuelan constitution, assets that are owned by the Venezuelan government have certain procedures uh, that, you know, need to be required. Certain Some say that, you know, like the National Assembly needs to approve certain things. Some say that the president needs to approve certain things. So it um, this makes up 95% of the state's oil revenue, of its export mm -hmm. revenue, excuse me. So this is like all of the United States' like, imagine like Hollywood pharmaceutical industry and what's a military, all that yeah. combined, all of those things together just in one commodity, one state-owned company. So Marvel movies, Marvel movies. Marvel movies, just Mar yes. <laughs> yeah. Marvel movies and Pete Buttigieg. And so the, the Venezuelan state is, you know, currently run by Nicolas Maduro, although that is contested, right? They ostensibly have, they have a president and a legislature and an executive. So there's like the three branches and everything. State is solely reliant on oil. And many people think yeah. of like this idea of like the petro state is such a common phenomenon these days. Russia is a petrostate. Saudi Arabia is a petrostate. Uh, not quite as much, but to a degree, Nigeria is a petrostate. These are just like, the only thing they got is oil. That's all they got. Yeah, uh, it's it's a weird situation where sometime about a billion years ago, the continent was the continents were forming, and just yeah. you know, then we made this. Then states were made, and surprise, surprise, some of these states just sitting on billions of barrels of oil, and Venezuela just happens to be one of them, the main one, uh, pretty much the only one in the South American area. Yeah, as a result of that, the United States is very interested in Venezuelan politics. Mm -hmm. Venezuelan state, PDVSA, owns Sitgo, which you may have seen the gas stations thereof. You know, it's got the little orange circle with the blue stripes. So Sitgo is the eighth largest oil company in the United States with a refinery based in Houston. That's what we know so far. They have, this is the, the structure is really important to understanding this because this entire dispute, including all the crazy shit with Juan Guaido that we're going to get into is yes. all about the ownership of Sitgo. Okay? This is all the dispute over that. And Juan Guaido is intricately connected to it. The ousting of Nicolas Maduro and the 2018 election, all very much tied to it. Okay? So it goes back to a couple, uh, maybe like last, a, a decade ago, where... They were, uh, like any oil company, right, uh, or any sort of corporation, you're taking out loans. And what are loans? They are bonds. Issuing bonds, which are just, it's just a debt, right, that someone's going to yes. pay back to you. Okay, so what happened at a certain point, this is kind of like in 2017, okay, they uh, were getting close to defaulting on some bonds that... Uh, they, they owed some money. They were trying to get it back, and there were $60 billion in missed payments uh, from Whoa. contractors and service companies that drill and maintain its fields. And the United States was not being super cooperative uh, with, with Venezuelan bonds. Basically, there were these six guys. What are called the Sitco Six. Okay? Sitco Six. Okay. The Sitco Six. 
They are oil executives. Five of them are American citizens, okay, who worked for Citgo, okay? So the thing is, so PV, PDVSA owns Citgo, but Citgo is technically an independent corporation registered in Delaware, okay? And Convenient. God, that's it, there. Oh my, the obfuscation already. <laughs> it's, yeah, so, <laughs> it's so much. It's so much. <laughs> yeah. So Sitco is wholly owned uh, by uh, PDVSA, and but it's still its its own thing and has its own independent board of directors. And the board of directors are not government employees of the state of Venezuela. They're non. They 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 might. I don't know if they are Venezuelan, but for whatever reason, they're just, they're a little, they're a little over. They're not right. so, it. So the, the, the theory behind corporations is that you separate ownership from control, right? Mm -hmm. Ownership, Venezuelan government, ergo the Venezuelan people. Profits go back to the Venezuelan people. And that's why nationalizing things is a good idea. The profits go back to the owners, which is, which mm -hmm. would be the citizens, right? Uh, well, or in the case of Nicolas Maduro, it might not go so conveniently back to the people. It might be a little bit corrupt. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? We're not yeah, really yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Not really our business. But uh, then the directors have a separate management system, and they are the ones who are managing it. Okay? So there are these Sitco Six who, in 2017, okay, so the uh, PDVSA and Sitco, they owe some money, okay? And they try to refinance those loans. It's like refinancing your car refinancing your mortgage, okay? $4 billion in Sitgo bonds. So they were supposed to default on it in 2017. They tried to refinance it without the permission of Nicolas Maduro or the National Assembly, okay? And they're trying mm -hmm. to refinance it to some private uh, American finance firm, basically, some, some energy financing firm, whatever. So on the condition that if they default, that firm gets... 50% plus one ownership in Sitco. Yeah, so so here you can see this is the point where they're crossing like the imaginary line of just being like, uh, even though they're not technically part of a nationalized oil petro state, like you said, they're crossing the line where now they're doing silly United States financial chicanery. As, as as it would be, where, <laughs> where they're like, okay, nobody's paying attention. Now we're going to try to steal it, essentially. Right. So Nicolas Maduro accuses these Sitco Six men of, of treason. He invites them down for what they thought was like a, a regular meeting because they regularly conduct affairs with the Venezuelan state. Go, they go down for this meeting, and they are arrested right then and there. And Maduro accuses them of treason. Puts them in jail, shitty Venezuelan prison, and they've been there ever since, basically. This is a bizarre story because when, David, when you first sent this over, I was like, oh, wow, recent news. This is so crazy. And then I look at the date and it's, wait, what? This happened in 2017 and we haven't heard anything about this in national press. Has not popped up once. Like, yeah. it, it, at all the Venezuelan things. Juan Guaido, that's been a huge story the entire time. But okay. I haven't heard of this, the, any of these Sitco Six guys at all. Hasn't popped up once. The only... It, it's really getting coverage in the financial press because the people who are creditors uh, care. 
They're the only ones that the press thinks that the only people who ca would care about this are potential bondholders in Sitgo. Okay, so people who just have a stock portfolio that is has some investments in Sitgo oil. They're the that's the only reason why that's getting coverage because it, and it's always being framed as such, or it's being framed in like these are six men who are being held as political prisoners against their will. Uh, you know, they've been wrongfully convicted. They've been in horrible Venezuelan prisons and stuff with no repercussion and no savior. Uh, and th th those have really been the only stories about this. But really, the, the, the Juan Guaido saga, which, as we kind of all remember, uh, it, it hasn't really mentioned this sort of stuff. But we can go through the Juan Guaido saga really quick. So in 2018, there were presidential elections. And the essence of what it is is that there was a contested election uh Nicola, everyone a lot of people said that it was fraudulent and nicolas maduro claimed victory juan guaido was uh declared himself the winner and uh the entire like international press claim you know uh sided with juan guaido and the, the, the mm -hmm. u.s backed regimes generally backed juan guaido and uh, I remember, I think maybe, you know, obviously probably the only person who spoke out against declaring it for Juan Guaido is probably Bernie Sanders, from what I remember. Uh, this is kind of one of the, this is one of the places where, like, Bernie really has a, a quite distinct different, for, is in foreign policy. He truly has a very different foreign policy approach than anybody else who is kind of like a major Democratic figure uh, in a lot of ways, in that he refused to kind of, side in that sort of way because he recognizes that you don't want to intervene in foreign elections. And so Juan Guaido tries to claim victory. Meanwhile, the State Department and the CIA try to send in Green Berets to overthrow Nicolas Maduro in a coup and fail. And those Green Berets are still in Venezuelan jail today. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like a mini Bay of Pigs where they're like, here, let's Bay of Pigs this with two dudes. Yeah, it was just two dudes. Yeah, it was two dudes. <laughs> they two sent. Dudes. They just sent two dudes to a gunfight like that. Mm -hmm. My God, they have no idea. They're, oh my God, the U.S. military. Like oh. this would be an amazing Adam McKay movie. Yeah, yeah, or a Coen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different tone, so equally hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny. Just like the two green, the, the two Green Berets, like George Clooney and Brad Pitt, probably. Uh, mm -hmm. Just going to, or like uh, one of one of the Coen brothers, like very uh, odd. I don't know their character actors that they rely on so heavily. Anyways, so, <laughs> it would be funny if John Malkovich did it. <laughs> <laughs> John I'm, Malkovich I'm, and, Will, and Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah, I'm going that. into I'm going into Venezuela to overthrow a, a dictator. <laughs> Is that Elon Musk or uh, no? So <laughs> it's John Malkovich. God. So. After this 2018 elections and the coup attempt, uh, Juan Guaido, somehow, because of the Venezuelan constitution, there was, uh, in the constitution, it says that any transactions that are done uh, with state-owned enterprises have to be approved by the National Assembly. Uh, Juan Guaido remains the leader of the National Assembly. So he's kind of like Speaker of the House, right? And he's the opposition party to Nicolas Maduro. He runs the U.S. operations of Sitgo. So Maduro is running every other part of the state, including the PDVSA, which owns Sitgo. But Juan Guaido somehow uh, has 
control of the U.S. portion thereof. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's a, it's a, it's a jumble. It's a jumble for sure, but it's like, it does make sense. It's just, it's just like, you could see why they did it. This, why this shit is so confusing because it's just like, yeah, there's, it's just trying to purposefully obfuscate it, you know? Yeah. So since the, the fraudulent election, Juan Guaido has uh, gotten some control of the U S portion of Sitgo. Maduro controls the rest of the government and ownership thereof. You know, and the U.S. has imposed incredibly punitive sanctions against Venezuela. So they are going even broker. Okay, so all of these bonds, all of this debt that they have is accruing more and more and more. They're losing money. Okay, they owe more and more money. Maduro starts cracking down. The Citgo 6 is just the beginning. Okay, so he starts going after anybody else in the PDVSA who might be disloyal to him, loyal to Juan Guaido, loyal, you know, trying to get outside creditors with like some crazy deal to sell off part of the oil comp- the oil uh, state company's assets, whatever. He starts imprisoning all these people uh, to try and, you know, crack down and maintain control of the state-owned enterprise. Because again, this is all Venezuela has. Yes. In the face of crippling sanctions, the only thing they have is this oil company, this ownership of Sitco. And so after he's trying to crack down on it, they owe even more money. And at this point, Juan Guaido is in a really weird position, right? Because he is both trying to claim himself as the legitimate sovereign of the state of Venezuela, but he also wants to be amicable to, to like, the United States, right? And to kind of um, these sorts of like capitalist powers. So he is doing a weird dance where he is advocating that these bonds are invalid. The ones that the Sitco Six tried to execute because he doesn't want it to get privatized either because then he loses his stake in Sitco. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he's got two enemies. He's got Maduro to the south, and then he's got uh, the American venture capitalist to the to the north. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He well, does. also well, he's between also a rock true. and a hard place, and that sucks for a CIA asset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's really in a position where he doesn't. He he can't fucking pick a side. He can't just like, you know, shit or get off the pot in this situation because if. If you're the like you said, if you're the Venezuelan president, uh, y- you gotta be against the United States to an effect. But like Gabe said, it's really hard to do that if you're part of the CIA. <laughs> you can't. Or, <laughs> it's really hard to do that if you're if you are intrinsically trying to butter up to the United States. So he's just like uh, trying to have it both ways. Yeah, I feel like yeah, he is trying to have it both ways. It's a he's in a it's a sour pickle. He asserts that there was uh, a stolen election, but he also wants to main, maintain nationalist sovereignty over Venezuela. And I just don't think he realizes that that's not how it works for the United States. That illegitimate elections are contested because of their oil assets. It's not because we actually like Juan Guaido and we think he's a better leader. It's because 
American capitalists want to gain control over Citgo. They want to get some of the pro- start getting some of the profits. They want to privatize Citgo essentially. Yeah, there, there's there's a reason there's a reason that the United States plays ball with Saudi Arabia, and it's because they play ball with us. They're right. like. Yeah, like the the only reason that Caracas in Venezuela is in the turmoil it is is because they're like, no, we don't want to play ball with the United States. And OPEC right. is just like, oh, we'll play ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's it's the same thing with Iran, um, which, you know, this goes all the way back to 1953. I mean, this is the yeah. stuff we've been seeing for generations uh, of, of U.S. foreign policy. And speaking of generations, actually, I, I want to do a quick pause. The people who are doing the negotiations are none other than Bill Richardson, who ran for president in 2008 on the Democratic Party, and, of course, Elliot Abrams. Ah. Uh, uh, Sir Death Squad's Elliot Abrams? Yes, sir. Yeah, El El Mazote, Elliot Abrams. (laughs) All right. Okay, well... That's a that's a that's a ghoulish pairing. Yeah, yeah. What is what is what is that? E, what does that negotiation even look like? Uh, Elliot Abrams going like, okay, there's six of the of our, our guys in here. Here's my offer on the table. You get to brutally murder murder all six of them, and they're like, <laughs> this is you're you're on the other side. What are you What are you doing? It's like. I'm just evil. You don't understand that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Just go for it. Just go for it. Uh, So that's what the stakes are. That's, that's what, that's the, those are the guns that America is bringing to this fight. And that's its, its position. Personnel is policy in this sort of a situation. And when you have like CIA director turned uh, secretary of state, Mike Pompeo and Elliot Abrams, Involved in a situation, you know exactly the tenor of, of the Americans negotiating position. So they're all saying like on Fox News and everyone, you know, like the whole thing, like the New York Times did a human interest story. All the Western press has kind of just all said like, uh, you know, the, these these imprisoned men who are, uh, you know, one of them just got put on house arrest uh, based on some, because Bill Richardson did some diplomatic humanitarian intervention, but the rest of them are sitting in prison. They just got sentenced to 10 years in prison. Maybe one of them got 13 years because he's a Venezuelan citizen, I think. And they are all just, you know, the whole story is just hearing from their daughters who are in Houston and crying about not having them coming home for Thanksgiving. And then when they get to the allegations, it's um, (laughs) the story, they always, like every, almost every single American story that I read about the Sitco Six had the exact same paragraph describing the events and describing the allegations. And it's just like this, no one was willing to look into it anymore and describe like what they actually did, you know? And then like maybe Fox news elaborated on a little bit more, but they just went deeper into it. Fox news said, you know, so there's this one paragraph, um, the Citgo Six are oil executives who, in 2017, attempted to refinance four billion dollars in Citgo bonds by offering a 50% stake in the company as collateral. And they say that every single time. And then afterwards, they say Nick, uh, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro accused them of treason. And Fox News added on to that, and they said, uh, 
It was mostly assumed that the Americans were innocent and being used as pawns amid deteriorating relations between Washington and the Venezuelan-helmed Nicolas Maduro regime, which have since severed diplomatic ties. It's like there's no real discussion of whether what they whether they did it or not. Well, yeah, they're just obfuscating the actual uh is- issue right here because you know when you you when you take what they're you know alleging, you have to mask it in this financial jargon that very few people understand. Right, and that or or even though it's not even that complicated, it's just sort of like muddled up. Right. But if 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 you told somebody, if you framed it differently, and you said, um, "These guys took this stuff that belonged to a whole group of people and then sold it as if it was theirs, but it wasn't," and then they got sent to jail, like that, then people would be like, "Oh, that's." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the oil company belongs to the Venezuelan people, and they tried to sell it to uh, to an American group of investors. And yeah. then they got invited back on an airplane to uh, to Caracas for arepas at a nice meeting. And while they're in the boardroom, like a a Godfather three type scene happens, uh, but instead of a helicopter shooting them all. As should have happened, uh, they got taken to jail for due process, which sounds like great and the right thing to do if you believe in a legal process. Mm-hmm. And too fucking bad if they can't have Thanksgiving dinner in Miami with their granddaughters, because no Americans had Thanksgiving dinner with their family this year because <laughs> of COVID-19. So fuck yeah. them. And also yeah. their oil executives, which automatically has divorced them from the rest of the human race. So yeah. have none of them seen an inconvenient truth? Are none of them paying attention to Hurricane Maria? Do none of them watch any of the uh, global... Have none of them heard a single speech from our, uh, our, our matron saint on Ponzi scream, Greta Thunberg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Po- Fuck these dudes. Ponzi screen brought to you by Davos. And it's uh, e- it's even sweeter that queen. they're American citizens. That's even yeah. sweeter. <laughs> so cause cause we never uh our citizens never pay for the for the for uh hu- crimes committed against humanity. Yeah, it's uh I, I think it's uh I I think it is funny because it reminds me of our, our discussion with uh Kate, Kate Aronoff, um about how one of the things that like you know environmental groups are trying to charge executives with is this idea of crimes against humanity, <laughs> like <Right>. <laughs> like <laughs> lit- like using that exact phraseology, and it, it because it's kind of the only way, it, the only expansive thing, expansive enough to, to sort of describe exact <laughs> exactly what's happening. So when you get a situation where actual oil executives, people who, you know, executives, people who are in charge of a big, a big thing, when they're actually being held accountable for actions, you know, it's almost unheard of in in the United States as a general concept. Like uh, there's many things that I that are difficult for me to understand or imagine the thing that is probably furthest away in my head from any divorced from reality entirely is like anybody like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or anybody like that 
seeing any jail time for any of the various like you know bullshit that they've done as well it's like if you're an executor if you're a ceo if you're one of those people you just straight up don't go to jail you know donald trump a guy who's like uh, uh very guilty of many weird little pieces of chicanery will probably never see a day in jail so when yeah. you hear about actual executives like now nah, they're actually going to jail it's like whoa <laughs> they've been, they've been in venezuelan jail which has been hit really fucking hard by u.s sanctions like they are getting the whole country is starving and has mm -hmm. been as a result of these sanctions and then the def the defense attorneys for the sitco six are saying on a humanitarian grounds they need to be released from prison because of the starvation conditions in the venezuelan prison i mean you can't have your cake and eat it too right like it's a little ridiculous to say that like well the united states is trying to punish venezuela for its activities related to the u.s election the sitco six and the fact that it has nationalized oil industry and uh but you can't punish but like when the people that it's uh imprisoning are facing those act direct consequences all of a sudden like they get some sort of like uh i don't know legal reprieve from those sorts of things no this is the concept this is like they are feeling the sitco six are feeling what every venezuelan citizen is feeling you know and yeah. you like these men committed like a huge white collar crime embezzlement usually embezzlement doesn't result in starvation prison time right in the united states but this these men were attempting and it hasn't been proven or disproven you know what for all we fucking know they could be innocent we don't actually know that but they have been alleged with attempting to sell off the majority ownership of an entire country's sole revenue source to private capitalists yeah it's a big fucking deal it's a big <laughs> yeah. fucking deal Okay, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's like the scene in Dark Knight. Like I'm imagining all of Venezuela's money is in this giant uh, hangar in a pyramid. And these dudes are just like uh, pouring gasoline on it like the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like so, uh, you know, it, it, it might seem like it's a victimless crime because you're not k killing anyone. But the end result of them selling off that entire uh, the entire oil industry in the U.S., would be to starve the Venezuelan people in perpetuity. Yeah. So yeah. since this it's, is ha yeah, go ahead, Danny. Oh, I was just gonna say it's very, very ironic that you know you you're finally put in a position where they're like, you gotta send our boys home. This is cruel. And then it's somebody just could just come up to them and be like, so you're saying that it's uh bad situation there like yes it's so it's terrible it's horrible well well why is it so bad well it's because people don't have anything to eat and it's so bad they can't eat anything oh no it's so terrible well why well that's because of your fucking sanctions and then they have to be like no shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no like they, no <laughs> they are starving the very people that they are like the united states government is starving the very people that are sitting in prison and that they are yeah. going to say are starving. Exactly. Uh, so th this ha it's, it's still ongoing. There's some lawsuits in New York that just recently happened. The basically, uh, Sitco tried to assert that these bonds were invalid, and a U.S. Uh, district 
court judge ruled that they were in fact valid. So Juan Guaido is in that rock and a hard place, right? He's trying to be the legitimate, uh, you know, leader of the Venezuelan government, trying to assert its stake in Sitgo, but he's also not Nicolas Maduro. So he's in this lawsuit in New York, or uh, and they're trying to get to say that these bonds are invalid. And the judge said that because New York, the bonds were executed in New York, the deal was done in Amer- on American soil, and the contract of the deal said that New York law governed, ergo, the Venezuelan constitution is not the governing law of the contract. <laughs> Which means that, um, so their argument was, Juan Guaido's argument was, this was an invalid bond because it did not have approval from the National Assembly, which is in the Constitution. It's mm-hmm. in the Venezuelan Constitution that if there's any sort of big deal that takes place with the PDVSA, that it needs to have approval from the National Assembly. And uh, the judge basically said the Constitution does not govern here. The, go- the Constitution of Venezuela does not govern here because it was a new it was New York capitalists taking place in New York and it was a New York interests and you know New York is the number one city in the world go go Yankees yeah 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 it's the number one in the world 27 rings baby shut up yeah <laughs> so uh what that basically means is that they're ho- saying that the bonds are valid but the ruling does not pave way this is from Reuters the ruling does not pave way for creditors to immediately seize shares in Sitgo's parent the U.S. government has used its sanctions on Venezuela aimed at ousting President Nicolas Maduro to prevent bondholders from taking such action action through at least January 2021. You know when those expire? They expired January 19th, 2021, the day before Biden takes office. Uh, <laughs> fun, fun fact. Yeah, uh, yeah. So... Guaido's team took control of Sitco last year after he was recognized by the U.S. government as Venezuela's rightful leader. And Guaido's overseas representatives, they stopped making payments on the bonds last year. Maduro, labeled a dictator and by the opposition in dozens of countries, accused Guaido, has accused Guaido of trying, seeking to steal Sitco. Um, as a result of all of this stuff, a lot of Guaido loyalists on the board of directors of Sitgo have stepped down in protest, including someone uh, with with Gabe Pacheco's last name, and that's uh, it. So it's it is starting to raise questions about what Juan Guaido actually wants. Is he trying to steal Sitgo? Is he trying to steal Venezuela? What does he want, folks? Baby, it's it's beautiful because and, and not and not the suffering of the Venezuelan people, but rather watching just uh, some prep school fucking Jared Kushner, you know, look alike, just absolutely squeal, just like can't can't. It's that you know, like literally, you damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's just like. What? You got yourself into this, buddy. Let's see you get yourself out. You fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where we're basically at right now. And it is, I, I don't know why it's not really getting much press coverage because this is, this is the story with Venezuela. 
this is what's actually at stake. This is not really about democracy transition. Obviously, America doesn't care about democracy. Obviously, Trump doesn't care about democracy. I mean, there's no, the, the mask is off, but there's still no coverage of this suit and these, these uh, ownership disputes uh, with this Venezuelan oil uh, because no, it's it's uh no, it's it's exactly what you said, David. It's just people, you know, people. It's it's a little too confusing for people to completely comprehend. And obviously, if if you put um some sort of press release out there that said like there is a U.S. citizen being held without bail in 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 Venezuela, you know, the chuds would go, oh my god, you know, like they would they they'd absolutely lose their shit. Mm-hmm. But they know that if you know, you just take the teeniest little look into this. It's just like, oh no, this is this is stupid. <laughs> this is dumb and stupid. <laughs> oh, um, uh, this this is kind of a funny thing. This uh came out uh in May. Nicolas Maduro uh tr- was trolling the United States, and he said, "Unlike the United States, Venezuela has same day poll results." <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is actually being recorded. Today, uh, the day that is being recorded is Sunday. There are parliamentary elections in Venezuela, so uh, that means Nicolas Maduro is not up for election, but Juan Guaido could lose his control of the National Assembly, presumably. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that uh, Nicolas Maduro said that he will recognize, accept the results of the twenty, the December sixth parliamentary parliamentary elections, regardless of the outcome. I mean, it's. Amazing that people can describe um, someone like Nicolas Maduro as a thug or a dictator or an autocrat or whatever sort of kind of ad hominem pejorative you want to throw on him when we have someone just as, um, I mean, just we, we've just truly had someone as horrible and anti-democratic and ruthless as Donald Trump, who's, you know, and George W. Bush and who name, name whatever president you want. Uh, but there's just no real moral high ground any that is even a veneer. And the only thing that we can really do is just not talk about it. I think that's really yeah. the, the issue. Is It's not that we we just can't really... If, if this were an issue that were really talked about, then it would be just clearly the United States is trying to expropriate the wealth of a poor oil state, right? But we So instead, they're just not going to talk about it at all. It's funny because we we sort of lack the sort of uh, direct, you know, vocabulary that we sort of had, I I would say, in like the early 2000s when the Iraq war was in full swing and, you know, uh, protesters were like, we're just going in there for oil. You know, I remember that like or we're that that was a very um, finely put uh, piece of um, accurate propaganda that was said about Mm -hmm. the Iraq war. Um, But it just it just hasn't hasn't taken hold in this Venezuela situation in a, in a way that the public can be like, Oh, this is fucked. Oh no, this is, this is totally fucked. We can't, we, that people can't associate with it quite yet, you know? Uh, so tell your friends, uh, but this is a, a really insane story, uh, that I, I, we, I really do think that, uh, needs a little bit more press coverage and better press coverage really is, is, is maybe a better way to put it. Uh, I'm sure that if there was some, uh, you know, independent, Spanish media or Latin American media that maybe is covering this a little bit better than what we're seeing in Reuters or the New York Times or Fox News. Um, but 
it's 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 a strange story, and uh, we hope that there is a you know a just resolution for the Venezuelan people. And Gabe's right, the planet. This is all oil. Oil is bad. Okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> oil's bad. Oil's bad, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, so. honestly, earlier when you were like, "There's all these petrol states out there," I just immediately was like blackpilled because it's like, "Oh, who fucking cares about any of this?" Because if all of these countries all rely exclusively on oil, then we're never going to have any transformation to a sustainable um, uh, economy that doesn't rely on um, destroying mm. the planet. So yes. there's no good in this because yeah. we should depose and topple, or not we, but uh, there has to be a transformation in uh, Venezuela's economy as well as ours, as well as Russia's, as well as Saudi Arabia's. And is there any chance for some sort of transnational unity around that? It's hard. Dude, Russia still likes fucking, uh, what's that stuff that gives you mesothelioma? Uh, asbestos. They fucking still, they're still mining asbestos. Wow. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, shit, this shit rocks. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> but, it, you know, uh, in, in the short term to have seven, six American oil executives uh, be, uh, you know, detained on on foreign soil and and have to pay for their crimes against humanity, then uh, that's that's at least some some schadenfreude I can get. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is like, that's definitely true, and it's a question of what is actually going to lead away from and it, like the reliance on fossil fuels. Is it going to be a state-owned enterprise, or is it going to be capitalism? And the jury's still out. I, I really don't, I'm not really convinced that there's one or the other that's going to actually be like a better steward of winding down fossil fuel production. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Nicholas Maduro, he's a bit of a chubby bunny, you know. He is a he's a bit crude. There was those those great uh, videos of him like doing a, a a release or a press release, and then he'll just he'll just like dip below the desk and he starts eating like a pastele, you know. <laughs> and it's really? like, oh, it's it's hilarious. Where he's just oh. like eating, he's just like actively eating food while the Venezuelan people are very hungry. So it's like, yeah, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, he is He doesn't seem like a great guy. For, yeah, I mean, at, at least for that, and all these petrol oligarchs, not good guys. Uh, but again, it's just a matter of like, would you rather see oil profits being held privately with a profit motive, or would you rather see oil profits being nationalized and owned by, ostensibly owned by? you know, the people um, in, in, in some, in some and have some democratic account, accountability to it. Uh, and for me, it seems like, uh, I don't know, the latter, I guess, would be pr pr probably a better way to, like, wind down fossil fuel production. But, okay, all right, we've, we've said enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds like you're asking me to choose between Trump and Biden. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, something like mm -hmm. that, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, that's Ponzi scream. That's, guys, that's it.